you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I'm Oliver Banks and I'm delighted to be joining you today. Now, when we're talking about retail transformation, often technology is not far away from that conversation. It's technology that has been responsible for turning our lives into our current digitally enabled lives. Technology has enabled e-commerce. Technology has enabled so many different productivity savings, different customer experiences. And sometimes it feels like we're just getting started with the whole technology opportunity. With things like AI and robotics, I think we could see some really massive changes, all driven through technology. So on this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by two members of the team at Essential who are busily getting ready for Tech, which is Europe's largest festival of digital commerce, and looking at the role that technology plays in retail and retail transformation. So I'm joined by Poppy Mickelbra, Events Director at Retail Week, and Rebecca Morrison, who is Content Manager for Tech. I really enjoyed this conversation diving into all sorts of challenges that retail is facing and some of the opportunities that technology can present. Show notes from today's episode are available at obandco.uk slash 47. And as you'll hear in the conversation, there are a few different concepts that we talk about and I'm including a few of those videos over on those show notes page. So if you do want to go a little bit deeper into some of the ideas that we are talking about, head over to that show notes page, obandco.uk slash 47. And whilst you're over there, why not sign up for my weekly retail transformation briefings, which give you the insight and intel that you need around the world of retail transformation. But without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Poppy Mickelborough and Rebecca Morrison. Here we go. I'm very lucky to be joined by two amazing guests today. Firstly, Poppy Mickelborough, welcome back. Thank you. To the Retail Transformation Show. Delighted to be back. You were on back in episode 22 when we were just about to go into Retail Week Live. So you were sharing some of the insights there. So it's great to have you back. You're the events director here at Retail Week. And it's an exciting time coming up to tech. It which is. is what Europe's largest festival of digital commerce? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Super. Well, thank you for joining us today, Poppy. And we're also joined by Rebecca Morrison. Rebecca, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. Thank you, Oliver. Your first time, your content director for tech. Yep. Exciting time, right? Very exciting. Things are heating up now in the final uh, few weeks to go before the event. So yes, very exciting. Super. Well, I'm really excited about this conversation because transformation is what we talk about here, right? And technology is such an important part of transformation. It's enabling so many changes in our retail world and our lives as people, as consumers as well. So I'm keen to to dive into this with you a whole lot more. And I suppose the first 
big hairy challenge <laughs> that we're going to come up against is that life in retail is tough right now. It is. <laughs> no one's going to be surprised by that. No. But tech can help, right? What are the biggest challenges facing retailers right now where tech is perhaps the answer or tech could be the answer? So I think, I mean, the, the biggest kind of challenge that I've been hearing in, in conversations um, that I've had with, you know, C-suite and, and, and kind of leaders um, in, in companies across the digital commerce ecosystem is talent. It's a massive, massive one. I think it's not just uh, in retail, it's across all industries, but the, they are all drinking essentially from the same tech talent pool, which isn't huge. Um, and obviously with the speed of acceleration of, of, you, of, you know, how tech is evolving so quickly as well, um, even even that talent pool, you know, it, it needs to, first of all, grow, but also it needs to be constantly innovating and, and kind of preparing mm. for the next wave as well. So there's a massive challenge with retailers there. Um, I think that's a really interesting point, because when you think about that talent piece, you know, certainly when I was at school, I was doing old school subjects yeah, that yeah. was preparing me for an old school world, not not our current digitally enabled world. Whereas I think my, my son, who's seven now, he's very adept at programming and these sort of tech things that, frankly, would have, would have were, you know, he's learning how to touch type and it's like, yeah. seven. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting change that has happened, but hasn't come to fruition yet. How do we, how do we bridge that gap in the meantime before those youngsters, the sort of, I guess, the gen alphas, come up to the workforce i've actually got something a bit maybe controversial to kind of put a spin on on that what you just said so i did hear a speaker one of the keynote speakers at uh, world retail congress in um back in was april yeah and uh, he said something really interesting um so he actually his kind of take on this was that as you know ai is developing and machine learning etc is getting so advanced and so sophisticated um, actually, his advice to his friends who have kids, you know, in school looking to looking to pick their uni, uh, their subject to study at uni, he's actually saying to them, you should be going and studying, you know, arts. Um, you should be going to study history. You should be going to study um, languages, um, literature, things that these machines cannot, um, you know, things that are very nuanced um, that these machines can't learn because uh, because inevitably humans have to be able to have a point of difference um, in, mm. in the workforce. And I think that's something we're going to see as well. Um, humans and machines working together but also humans having roles where their kind of human uh, abilities to, to to feel and kind of be sensitive and, and all these nuanced things that come with i guess uh, traditional kind of arts type subjects uh, are, are going to be really kind of necessary so that's really interesting it makes me i suppose bringing it back to retail makes me think of amazon four star now amazon obviously very clever company but they've come under a bit of flack for their four-star store where they're curating products that have been rated four stars. Yeah. And it feels a bit soulless, a bit bit of a jumble sale. Mm. It doesn't have that art of retail, that yeah. sort of... The kind of customer experience. The, so. the customer yeah. experience yeah. and the, the sort of the, the, the art of really curating a range and presenting it in a, in a sexy way. And it, I suppose that's that blend of intelligence, computer intelligence, and using our tech tools to put us forward one way but then adding in our experience our background our feelings emotions into it i think um as well we're seeing a real shift of uh moving to partnerships between uh, retail companies and tech companies and actually everyone going back to what they're really great at Um, and i think for a while you saw retailers trying to build all of that digital talent in-house and uh you know trying to build all the technology and actually i think a it was slowing them down and b often it meant that 
they were forgetting what they were great at. So whether or not they trade on really great price, really great experience, whatever uh, it is. And I think we're seeing more of the ecosystem coming together in these strategic partnerships being formed in order for those retailers to, to drive themselves forward. Because why wouldn't you partner with a company that makes you great at AI? Why wouldn't you partner with a company that will help you with your automation? And it then saves you having to build it in-house and then you only need a smaller amount of that tech talent to oversee it and to make sure that it's great. And I think that's what's really exciting is actually the retail technology sector or ecosystem is is changing to be kind of a bit more equal and that, that change from sort of supplier-retailer relationship to much more partnership and actually together everyone will drive things a lot forward. And I think we will see that kind of transformation increase as those partnerships become more kind of I guess more common absolutely and you can suddenly add a bit of bit of rocket fuel into it yeah so thinking about obviously talent is is a key element thinking about some of the other challenges facing retailers where tech could help or support any other thoughts so I think um I mean it's no secret that obviously Amazon has massively changed what customers expect I mean customers now whether they're shopping on Amazon whether they're shopping on any other website, um, if they order something today, they basically expect it yesterday, right? And that's because of Amazon. They've kind of heightened these customer expectations. So I think uh, I think other retailers, in order to kind of, uh, you know, keep up with that, they've got a massive challenge in meeting these really demanding expectations. So I think um, loads of conversations that I've had, supply chain is one area that I think um, tech has the, the, the kind of um, ability to really transform. And I think within supply chain, a particular uh, part of that is final mile. So getting whatever it is that's been ordered from the warehouse to a customer in the most efficient, cost-efficient way, uh, the most customer-centric way as well. So I think there's huge kind of potential for, for your competitor advantage to, to competitive advantage to, to be had if, if you are using the right technology there, partnering with the right people there, and then just really kind of uh, ensuring that you're at the top of the game there. So I think that's a really interesting one to look at as well. And evolving so much, I think we're going to see some massive changes. My yeah. my personal feeling is that whole distribution last mile piece, that's the next big area to be massively disrupted yeah, absolutely. Um, over the next next couple of years or so. Yeah. So We've been having some really uh, interesting conversations. And one of the things that I'm quite excited about at, at Tech is we've got a lady uh, called Claire Jones from What Three Words, who are a company that I think if this really takes off, will completely change how uh kind of delivery and location is thought about so i I believe they've done this in africa and and the middle east is where they've made a a huge uh difference at the moment but they're looking at to do it over here and immense services have have taken on but the idea of what three words is rather than using uh, traditional addresses uh every uh i think it's three meters by three meters squared uh is align to three words so it could be table microphone bottle and that's where we currently are um (laughs) and so you wouldn't need uh the address anymore you would just say send it to table microphone bottle and that's the three words that came to my mind um but i think you know they're seeing it with emergency services that if you're say out in a large wooded area or um wherever it might be where there isn't a postcode there isn't an address um and something happens or um you know you you see a fire and you need to to let them know you can uh, use what three words the same for i think uh delivery you know there's a a lot of fun uh examples of it at glastonbury or if you might be in the middle of a festival and and you need that fix of your hangover food you can tell delivery for example these are the three words I'm at. And I think, you know, again, that would make it A, a global delivery option. That is standardized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so exciting. 
And actually that really redefines what in the Western world in particular we have known as as addresses and, and location. And I, I think that is so exciting looking at the kind of what technology can do if it does take off. I think that point about taking off is really interesting as well. So what three words seems to have just exploded out of nowhere yeah. and just really taken hold, yeah. you know, everything from pizza delivery yeah. through to mountain rescues. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a really exciting movement, I suppose. And that could play major, major change to the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So are there any other thoughts, Rebecca or Poppy, about big challenges facing retailers at the moment? I mean, I could add on a couple more to, to the supply chain. Yeah, um, we could probably go for a while. <laughs> we could, yeah, we could. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, with, with the supply chain as well, um, JD.com and what's happening over in China is just phenomenal. They are actually using drones um, and, and it, it's just so fascinating. So I think lessons for, from the East are certainly something to consider as well. And we actually have uh, JD.com's corporate president, uh, vice president. Um, speaking at tech as well. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing the kind of things that, that he's going to say and I guess what's on the map next for, for China. And I think as well though we often debate and especially when I chat to quite a lot of retailers over here how much you can take from China. So I think we always look to China for like the latest innovations mm. and kind of what's going on and, and, and what's new and exciting. However, obviously they have very different privacy laws yeah. and, and that side of things. So it is kind of being able to see what you can relate to in China and actually be able to apply over in Europe. And actually, uh, Rebecca and I were talking about facial recognition as uh, something the other day. So, and I think in, in China, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, there's a story of some retailers that, uh, because your face is linked to your, your bank account um, and, and more the high-end retailers, they often won't let you in the store because through your face, they know you can't afford um, some of the products, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, <laughs> a, a new take on customer experience and having the right customers in your store. Um, but, you know, it's things like that that I don't think that will ever become common practice, uh, especially in the UK, US and Europe. But I do think there are lessons to be learned about facial recognition in terms mm. of maybe payment and that side of things. You know, you're already seeing it on the iPhone that it's facial recognition and Apple Pay and all that kind of thing. So I think there are some things you can learn, but you often have to take some of it with a little bit of a, a pinch of salt. I mean, there's huge debates at the moment in the UK as well. I think there's one of the police forces in the UK, I think it might be in Wales, that started trialing facial recognition as well. Um, and yeah, there's there's just that's obviously sparked huge debates on whether it's infringing privacy too much. Um, so that they're always quite interesting uh, to, to hear as well, people's views on that. And I, I think new and potentially disruptive technologies always spark this controversial argument that, that comes up. Everyone is very reluctant against it. Just think think a few years ago when e-commerce first came out, there was very, very sort of uh, standoffish behaviour around ordering something on the internet, putting your credit card in to this company, you don't even know where they exist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the world, the world does move on as well. Yeah. It does. I am. Um, I was. Uh, we had uh, Ed Connolly, uh, the strategy director of John Lewis, in uh, the other day, and I was interviewing him. And he for, for the techcast, right? Yes, for yes. the techcast. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about kind of new technologies and trials, and whether or not customers will adopt certain things, and you know that kind of creepy versus mm, cool. And yeah, um, and one of the things that they're trying at Waitrose is um, delivery options where the driver goes into your house and puts it all in your fridge and and or your cupboard. So again, you don't need to worry about being in there. And I asked him, you know, I was like, how are customers? 
reacting to this and he said um it's only a really small trial and they're looking at whether or not they would be able to roll out um across the country but it's really positive and it's increased the basket spend on all of those uh or the majority of the customers so i, I do think that retailers have got to keep trying these new things and even if it feels slightly on the edge of, of kind of pushing the the boundaries and what customers would expect i think they've got to do it because if it increases their basket size and customers are delighted by it then why wouldn't you? I think that is really interesting as well. In-home commerce is something we've, we've got a speaker, Marcel Sapone, who's CEO of Hello Alfred, uh, which is a kind of personal um, butler app. Uh, Hello Alfred, I love it. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> Bring in the old with the new. <laughs> so you hire a butler, basically, and you can you know commission him to, or her to do whatever, whatever it is you want. A lot of these people are very time poor, so it's things like collecting their shopping, taking it back to their apartments, um, putting it in their, in their fridges, etc. Um, and she's actually partnering with uh, CPGs um, like Diageo um, and, you know, with, with people whose homes they're going into, obviously, they're giving permission to do that. They're, they're testing out new kind of products on them as well and then gathering data on them. And I think in-home commerce is really interesting, but it's not really that new. If you think about, you know, Internet of Things, um, things like Alexa, etc., you, technically you are already interacting with someone in the home it's just not a person you know so this is just i guess the next kind of stage of that so i think this is really interesting yeah absolutely and i think just going back a, a couple of minutes to what you were talking about trying things out mm-hmm. poppy and it, it made me think about sainsbury's right who have recently been in the press quite a bit yeah. for trying their their checkout list store yeah. Yeah. using a mobile phone to scan and go right mm-hmm. and they've just stopped that trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been going for, I think, four or five months. And it seemed to attract quite a bit of negative sentiment. My view is to actually cheer them on yeah. because they're trying mm-hmm. something. They're mm-hmm. trying to work out things. You know, I bet they'll have learned a huge amount Absolutely. through doing that trial in one, just one store for just a few months. Yeah. And they can take that and learn from it. One of the key takeaways for them was that consumers weren't ready. Yeah. So great. Let's go back to the drawing board. How can we onboard people better? How can we train them better? How can we offer a, a, a transition period and all that? Yeah, and they'll yeah. come back fighting, I'm sure, with absolutely. that same concept in version two, so absolutely. to speak. Yeah. So absolutely, it's so important to be trying things out in, in our continually evolving world. And I think those that aren't are the ones not surviving. Yeah. Right? So you see, I feel like there's a new retail casualty every day and those that and and it's usually those that aren't keeping up or being innovative and and you know what you're right you have to cheer retailers on for trying things because for every one that fails there might be two that are working and it just then kind of becomes uh mainstream but we'll have to make sure we ask Clodagh at tech about that so the yeah. chief digital officer is coming so we'll have to ask what the learnings were from the cashless <laughs> store. Hey, I'll look forward to hearing yeah. hearing that. I mean, a, a recent episode of, of the Retail Transformation Show, I had Ian Shepard on. Yeah. Uh, I think it was episode 46. And I'll put the, uh, the link to that in the show notes. But Ian had a very good point around this fear of failure mm. that so many retailers exhibit and the consequences of failing, whether real or perceived, can really hold people back. And I think that's a really important point to be considering as we think about trials, think about new technologies, new changing uh, trends and habits and so on. It's so important to be able to accept that failure, but also expect it as well. So accept and expect. Absolutely. 
And actually, it's interesting picking up on A, the uh, your point about uh, Sainsbury's Cash the Store, but um, kind of trying new things. I think that the store is something really interesting to talk about when it comes yeah. to transformation and, and technology because A, it's a really great place for retailers to, to meet their customers. But I think sometimes they can be a bit nervous about kind of adding tech in or, or trying different things. So I think actually the store is one of the, the key things that, that we're focusing on at tech. And you've yeah. probably got a couple of uh, really good examples or yeah. things that you've been hearing in, in that space. I do. But also I think it's important to, to note that stores aren't just um, for kind of like connecting with your customer personal basis they are actually i mean still 90 percent of sales retail sales still happen in store as well so they are a massive massive part of, of retail still so i think it's obviously really important to kind of show how tech uh, can can be used there and, and to kind of draw insights from customers and, and really connect with them as well just because it, it you know it's a massive business um opportunity as well obviously absolutely um, so, so powerful. It, absolutely. So, so we've got um, we've got uh, a speaker from Rafa who is going to be talking about community centric retail. Obviously, Rafa is is really well known for you know having this massive tribe of really loyal followers, customers. I don't know how how you want to to describe. But... We've got one downstairs from our office, and yeah. every morning you see all the cyclists there. I mean, it's a fabulous community, and absolutely. they use their space well, don't they? Absolutely, and I mean that's similar to the likes of you know Lululemon having you know yoga classes in their stores as well. And I think just kind of bringing the concept to life and really kind of living the brand and creating this massive tribe of of, of really kind of loyal customers is is really important. And I think that is where you know stores can 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 play a massive kind of point of difference to your to your strategy as well. So. We're going to be hearing from the likes of her, which is going to be really interesting as well. Another uh, session and another really interesting conversation that I've had is um, is about using uh, geolocation science and data in order to kind of um, strategize where you have stores. Um, and so, so A, where to kind of open up stores if, if that's what you're planning to do or, you know, reevaluate your, your whole store strategy based on, you know, the the location of data um, around that particular area um, but also to inform what merchandise you have in that store so based on the immediate you know demographics of the customers in that area what exactly they want and really kind of localize your offering to that particular area as well because I think that is that's that's going to be what the next part of kind of driving your store strategy and, and kind of making sure it's as customer if it, as customer centric and as kind of cost efficient um, and absolutely and I, I see such a bright future given that a new store strategy is such a bright future for physical retail, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a, a challenge to be able to shift and evolve and transform your current estate into what's right for the future. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like, just before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to just ask for your thoughts on one of the big topics when it comes to retail technology, and that is the concept of putting in tech for tech's sake. What are your thoughts? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something that retailers need to uh, consider quite a lot. I think I think uh, it's that real fine line between giving customers what they want versus putting something in that customers don't quite know they want it yet. Uh, so I remember something Steve Jobs said was, no customer ever thought that they wanted the iPod, but look at how that's taken off and kind of the iterations of it and the fact that it's, uh, you know, music's on everyone's phone. There is a, a lot of thinking and actually what we've talked about in terms of trial and error that needs to be done. It's about failing fast if stuff's not working. But I do think uh, retailers and actually technology companies need to be really uh, considered in where they're investing their money. So 
we've seen some some failures and uh, I think kind of one that, that springs to mind is uh, the likes of Google Glass right all the hype everyone I think we all thought everyone was going to be walking around with these glasses and seeing everything in their eye and, and yeah. all sorts and actually that didn't really um, take off and I think the other it's thing it's interesting because augmented reality has actually taken off yeah. which is kind of I suppose inspired by Google Glass yeah. so a lot of the learnings I suppose have evolved and through into what is it, Pokemon Pokemon Go and yeah. things like that that we're now seeing? Maybe they were just too ahead of their time in terms of the, the glasses and they Perhaps. just needed to take a, a, a step back. And Google Glass 2 coming out soon. Yeah. And, and I think my other final thought on this is I really, I don't know, maybe I'm sitting on the fence on a lot of uh, Internet of Things ideas. So I think there's, you know, I've had a lot of conversations, especially to the tech around, putting tech in for the convenience of customers and customers not having to think about what they're uh, doing and you know whether or not your hairdryer for example ends up being connected to your devices and by the amount of times I switch my hairdryer on it will know that I'm about to run out of shampoo and a whole new bottle of shampoo will arrive at my door the next day I don't know if I think that's the future and maybe I'm being a little bit naive but I'm I'm not sure that I will need my Alexa or my device or whatever it is to get me a new bottle of shampoo or the same on my dishwasher if that's connected Mm. I kind of think there's I'm still going to have a need for grocery shopping whether I do that online or go in the store and quite frankly putting a bottle of shampoo or a a new thing of dishwasher tablets into my trolley is not you know it's not saving me time and I think there's a lot of investment going there so I I don't know maybe I'll eat my words and in two (laughs) years time everything I have will be just delivered on the daily depending on how often my devices or different things have have been used, but I, 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 I'm a bit sceptical. I, I have to agree with you. I'm, you know, if you think about light switches, I'm a bit sceptical. I don't have a problem with turning on a light switch. No, yeah. <laughs> but I could spend a few hours setting it all up with a whole load of rules and yeah. automation rules that and, it's and done. <laughs> on the same vein, right? If if your light bulb goes out, if if it's if because Alexa's not not it's not been connected and you've just not had a new light bulb delivered the day before. It's probably not the end of the world to pop out and have to buy another light bulb. Mm. And let's see, I might, I might eat my words, and there might be a lot of listeners <laughs> laughing, thinking that I'm a little old-fashioned in my thinking. On so, the, if you're the... listening in the future and we are totally wrong, call us out. Yeah, do. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you and remind us of this moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say on on the flip side of that, I, I, I do find, I do think that kind of thing could be quite useful and I can see I can see that kind of becoming part of my life and me quite liking it because I think if, if you are a bit time poor or you know you, you want to spend your life doing less mundane things like shopping for shampoo etc I think I, I can see I can see why that I could get quite excited by that we've got a Roomba which is one of the um r- robot like vacuum cleaners mm. uh, yeah. and definitely would have time to go around it with around the flat with for five minutes like cleaning with the normal um hoovering with the normal hoover but it's just so convenient to just switch it on and just let it do its thing the other thing we were we've talked a lot about and so this is where i might eat my words is what i find fascinating is just how quickly technology can change what humans do and i'm off to roam after tech so no one interrupt me uh but um (laughs) i you know I'm, i'm staying in an airbnb and five years ago i'm not sure if you told me i was going to go stay in someone's house when I went on a city break or on holiday that I believe you and even vice versa I've had people I've Airbnb'd my house I'm not quite sure I would have been open to to thinking that strangers would come and say there. and I really think that it's so impressive how companies like Airbnb have have changed what we do um you know I know they've been around for a bit longer but the likes of 
Facebook, what, 15 years ago? 15 maybe? Years, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Who would have known that social media would have changed how uh, people do it? So maybe I might eat my words on the internet of things and I'm just waiting for kind of that to be a next explosion. But I do think it's fascinating how how quickly tech can change what we've all done for years. Absolutely. Um, in a similar vein, we were in Mexico in January and we did um, Airbnb experiences. They have rolled that out, I think it was last year, as it's still fairly new. But we were in this lovely Mexican lady's house. We were in her kitchen, a group of us with, with some people that we met uh, over from the States as well. And she made us, she showed us how to make these amazing salsas. And uh, again, it was kind of a bit of a moment like, wow, like actually when you think about it, this is quite mad that, that we've being connected in this amazing way through through technology and we've gained these new experiences that we never would have had before and it's just it's quite amazing i do think that the speed with which humans are kind of adapting to that change and acceleration in technology is, is really interesting as well uh, we've also got a really um cool speaker at tech who is head of design for starship technologies and his session is going to be all around kind of how humans are responding to these robots because they're, they're basically robots that um, are involved in the final mile and it's completely, the robot comes to you, you have a code, you put it in and you open it up and it delivers things right to your front door and there's no human interaction. And so his his whole thing is kind of, yeah, like, you know, studying human responses to that and kind of, yeah, I just think it's fascinating. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to say about that, obviously, based on, on the research that they've done. But it's that exciting. sounds fascinating, and yeah. To be quite frank with you, I'm very excited for, you know, the next coming years just to see what else is going to is gonna come out of it. And actually, Poppy and I were chatting uh, earlier about Femtech and the likes of kind of, you know, Clue app, which women can use to like track their periods and stuff as well. Um, and then, you know, take that one step further, Natural Cycles, which is an app uh, where you can, you can, depending on your, you know, set where you are if you want to plan a pregnancy you can put it to that setting or prevent um and you take your temperature every morning you put it in to the to the to the app and there's an algorithm that obviously gets more developed the more data that you put in and it's just amazing that women are actually using this it's fda approved as well so women are actually using this instead of you know the pill which has its issues i just think it's amazing it's very empowering uh it's uh, yeah it's all i'm very excited about it as you can tell i've blabbered on minutes but yeah it's very exciting was well, it i think yeah there's a huge number of changes which are inevitably happening in our world and it is an exciting time can be scary at times yeah. and one thing is for sure it's a lot of hard work to adapt but you must adapt right yeah. we've seen as you as you hinted plenty of times what happens if you don't adapt so it must must be absolutely critical to make that transformation happen. So let's wrap up this conversation here. We've got tech just around the corner. You can find out more. It's happening, what, 2nd and 3rd of October in London? Yeah, and in a venue called Printworks. Sounds sounds very nice. Ex- what you say works, it, it sounds nice. We will make it lovely, <laughs> but it is, yeah, it's an ex-printing uh, factory. Um, and so uh, and that, that's a rustic. sign of changing times exactly right? yeah absolutely <laughs> if there's a, a more apt venue then it's uh, that one super so everyone can find out more at tech-festival.com absolutely right? yeah and how can people get in touch with with you guys as well uh, so if they go on uh, tech-festival.com uh, there's email addresses and phone numbers all on there for people to get in touch with us yeah. and um, if you're if, it, if you don't mind we can um, put our email addresses in your show notes as well Super. That sounds great. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Lots of ideas and lots of thoughts in that conversation. I hope you will agree. Is your head buzzing? Are you full of ideas? I hope so. 
remember to head over to the show notes page where you can find out more about the concepts, the ideas and the innovations that I spoke about with Rebecca and Poppy there. You can find those show notes at obandco.uk slash 47. And are you going to be going to Tech, the event, 2nd and 3rd of October in London? And you can find out a whole lot more at tech-festival.com, including including all of those amazing speakers that you'll have heard a little snippet about today. If you've enjoyed today's show, then do remember to hit subscribe and make sure you get your weekly dose of retail transformation going straight into your head. And if you'd like to keep up with the latest news about retail transformation, do remember to sign up for my retail transformation briefing. You can find out more and sign up for free over at obandco.uk slash briefing. All that remains to say is have a great week and I will catch you next time. <laughs>